0: Welcome, my name is Gina Ray Foster, I direct the John Jay College of Criminal Justice Teaching and Learning Center and I'm delighted to have you join me in listening to a conversation with three John Jay faculty members who teach online courses. We are starting a new podcast series this spring. This is the second in the series. We are focusing on understanding trauma and resiliency in relation to how we work with our students and what best practices and principles help us do that. Today's focus is on connecting processes and community in online courses. And with me today, our Assistant Professor of Africana Studies, Crystal Ensley, Adjunct Assistant Professor of English, Biara Potoki, and Adjunct Professor of Psychology, Lisa Sue. I think you will be intrigued by the experiences and insights that our speakers have for us. So starting with Crystal, would you please introduce yourself briefly and tell us something about the online teaching that you do?
1: Sure. So my name is Crystal Lee Ansley. This is my sixth year here at John Jay. Just turned in my external files for tenure promotion. I teach many different in-person courses. I cover a lot of our arts and culture uh, topics and areas. Um, and my online courses have been, thus far they've been the three-week winter session course. Um, it's a 100-level introduction to arts and culture in African diaspora class. Um, and this summer I'll be teaching um, a special topics class um, about women in African diaspora. And then in the fall I'll be um, teaching actually an English class, um, the African American literature course as a hybrid, Um, and so I'm looking forward to that. Thank you.
2: Lisa? Yes, um, my name is Lisa Sui, and I teach in the psychology department. Um, I've been at John Jay for over 10 years, and um, I started out teaching in classroom classes, and now I teach um, mostly online. The classes that I teach mainly are cognitive psychology and social psych classes.
3: Um, my name is Bayata Pataki. Uh, I teach in the English department. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach primarily um, general education literature courses, um, mostly 200 and 200 level um, courses. I have taught online since 2004, and I'm enjoying the experience more and more. I am mm-hmm. also uh, This semester I'm also an online faculty fellow with the Teaching and Learning Center, and i um, some of my responsibilities include providing support for online faculty. I co designed and led a faculty seminar on student engagement that just um, ended before the spring break, working on um, co managing the listserv for online teaching and learning.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, as some of you know, building and sustaining student communities in the classroom is one of my focuses and it's something I think is particularly challenging mm-hmm. online. And yet the three of you seem to know something about doing this. So can you share what some successes perhaps that you've had with online course communities, either the ones that you've created or the ones that you've participated in, and let us know why you think they worked. Jump in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think um,
2: from my experience, a successful online community is one where you feel welcome, Mm -hmm. where you don't feel isolated and disconnected. Mm -hmm. So um, I think a good um, indication is where you feel comfortable sharing your uh, opinions and perspectives um, with others in the online class. Mm -hmm. You feel supported by your classmates and your professor. Mm -hmm. And... You have a you feel a sense of connect connectedness with everybody else, even though you're remotely. You know, you might be uh, ten miles you know down the street from one another, or a hundred miles away from one another. So, I think a sense of connectedness.
0: Okay,
3: thank you. What I like about online teaching and the online community is that, in a way, it's more democratic um, mm. because. Um, everybody's required to participate right. and what I've noticed let's say in a discussion, with the discussion boards is that every week someone else posts first mm-hmm. so it kind of eliminates a little bit of that um, uh, what, what can happen in a face-to-face classroom mm-hmm. where a few students dominate the discussion mm-hmm. and um, some students don't participate at all or have a hard time participating so I think it kind of creates an, a leveling um, field and also allows students to hear multiple points of view, um, many more points of view, I think, that perhaps than perhaps in the regular class. I think you. answered your question, but that, for me, yeah. that's
0: what's special about online community. What can be special about right. a good online community? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's the connecting and the leveling mm-hmm. and creating, you wouldn't want to say maybe a democratic space, but certainly a more equitable space yeah. right
1: and it invites engagement i think mm-hmm. that's what
0: both of both of um,
1: both of the points that you need to raise really point to is that um if i'm comfortable then i'm comfortable engaging mm-hmm. um and with the discussion board but mm-hmm. I, I think that's a tool even with the program that we just finished um that was a tool that everyone was familiar with all of my students know how to use the discussion board they're comfortable there mm-hmm. that's like a they know what's expected of them there. They know how to participate there, um, but they contribute. And then when they have to reply or respond to a classmate, like you said, they can do it in a way that they're comfortable. They know they know what the expectation is. There's no room for ambiguity in an online class. Like you know, here is the rubric. Here is what is expected. Here are how many words um, you have to share. And it allows them to engage with the same person or with a different person, a different student, mm-hmm. or a different opinion every time and in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over the course of that semester, they can then improve, mm-hmm. right, um, mm-hmm. in the same exact format, um, but just maybe even the same exact type of instructions. Um, they have a chance to kind of
0: build a, build a little bit if they mm-hmm. don't get it just right the first time. So you're hitting on something that's really important, I think, which is that moment of connection, Mm -hmm. which online it's not really a moment, Mm -hmm. but it feels like it. Mm -hmm. And you came in, Crystal, a few minutes ago completely jazzed about a class you've just taught (laughs) where that connection was happening. Mm -hmm. So let's open this up to some storytelling. Can we hear some moments where this is really working for you online? You're so excited because you see the students making connections and community. Mm
2: I think um, what I try to do at the beginning of the semester is, you know, I think most everybody professors do is they get to know one another, mm-hmm. um, self-introduction. Mm-hmm. So um, one year I tried something called a bio poem, which was a mm-hmm. um, strategy I learned from, I went to a conference and it was a, a professor who tried it in her class and it really worked well. So what a bio poem is, you Um, create a poem that the professor provides a format for, and you kind of fill in with your own personal information. It's in a poem format. Mm -hmm. So I have my students create their own bio poem, share it at the beginning of class, and I knew it was working or it was going really well because I would get emails saying, this is great, I've never done this before. Mm -hmm. I always am asked, you know, um, what's your major? What year are you in school? and uh, an interesting fact about yourself. Mm -hmm. So this was an opportunity where they can give a little bit more information in a um, non-traditional format, and the students seem to find it really fun. So to me, when I get feedback from the students Mm -hmm. that this is a fun activity, and then I see that they're reading each other's poems and commenting, Mm -hmm. and um, really you you see the dialogue happening in the discussion board, that's when you get that sense of like, okay, this is really working. This yeah. is fantastic. Yeah.
1: It's encouraging, like as the as the instructor to to look at
2: that and say, Oh. Yeah, it's, it's it. like it, it created its like, you know, like yeah. it kind of started growing, right? Mm-hmm. You see the interactions growing, mm-hmm. you see interesting questions growing, you mm-hmm. know, asking of one another. Mm-hmm. So that that worked for me. Mm-hmm. I think of another assignment. I'm really lucky
1: in that most of my courses lend themselves to creative expression, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so that makes it, in some ways, it makes students exceedingly uncomfortable because they are not, they're New Yorkers. They don't want to share anything. No, mind your business. Um, But on the other hand, or they're embarrassed to like perform or try something new in front of each other. But so online, at first, I was really intimidated because I thought, how am I going to translate what I'm able to do in person? in the classroom creatively with performance techniques how am i going to put that online um but i've, I've found two things that tend, tend to sort of work so we all know that students most students really hate group work but i have found that the tools on blackboard making the groups assigning the groups and then all of the discu- the group discussion boards group blog the group chat, the emails that they can send to each other have become really useful for me. And the students really like that sense of accountability, being able, knowing that I can see what they're writing back and forth. I can see who's contributing and who's not within the group. Because a lot of times that's the concern, like, are they, what if I'm the main one and nobody else is contributing or people not doing their fair share? So in, in my arts and culture class, we do a lyrical analysis as a group. And so I assign them each a song and then they take, I know the the, the list of questions is there. Um, And so it's always fascinating to me to see how the work gets divvied up, who the sort of emerging group leader is that's saying, okay, you do this, I'll do this, you do this, and how they communicate with each other. Um, they have to find other videos or songs that connect to, so we get to build a class playlist by um, the end of that assignment. Um, that kind of speaks to these different social, like find a song that responds to this social issue raised in the song. Um, or find a song that, that reflects your hometown or where you grew up. Um, and so in a, in a similar kind of sense, it's something personal that they get to share, but it's it's also Digital it's you know it's a music video uh-huh. on YouTube they get to share and so everybody likes that, you know, everybody enjoys that and then getting to see the playlist that mm-hmm. everybody's videos are sort of on. Um, they tend to they tend to like that. And I, I enjoy grading that kind of thing <laughs> too. <laughs> when they like it,
0: I like it. It's <laughs> funny how that happens. Right. right? Students right. inspire us to inspire them. Right. It's a really great cycle.
3: Yeah. So to actually to connect, I think there's a connection between the two responses. Mm-hmm. So one I also like found that yeah, the technology that's offered um, can kind of bring out a different persona in students. Mm-hmm. and can so for example I use I, I use quite a bit of VoiceThread. Mm-hmm. We we'll just integrate it into Blackboard and it's it functions a little bit like the discussion board, but it allows for posting um, images, but also making voice and audio comments. Mm-hmm and one of the activities assigned last semester was annotating a passage Mm -hmm. and just to give you an example like there was one student it was a passage about labor in prisons Mm -hmm. in the 18th century and there was some student uh, it was a student who said oh this is great and um because it you know has all these advantages and he was basically paraphrasing what the authors were saying Mm -hmm. and then the other students chimed in and they said oh but look at the reasons why do you think it's Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, oh, because they think that let's say uh, prisoners are idle and they're lazy and you know there's a whole link to criminality. And around that one comment, a whole kind of multi-threaded conversation grew and and, voice, and some of them posted post comments and, and video comments, so it became this very interactive space mm-hmm. and they're really connecting. They were not criticizing that student, it was interesting because they were not criticizing that one student, mm-hmm. but trying to, but try to have a real conversation with him. And it was, it was very interesting. Also, um, he's voice threat for brainstorming, um, papers mm-hmm. and the students just love it. Like mm-hmm. they, you know, before they submit even like a proposal for a draft, they kind of just brainstorm their ideas, and they give each other fantastic feedback. Mm-hmm. Kind of having low stakes activities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they can connect, and also group projects. Also use wikis um, mm-hmm. where you can. what they can also we can also see you know how much who, who contributed or what, right. and they track the history. Do external research, and and they created these beautiful pages mm-hmm. with excellent poem analysis and then supplemented with you know, secondary resources mm-hmm. and, and so I think in these moments I think um, connections will
0: definitely be happening yeah Let's do it. And you know, what I hear from all three of you is that you do things that help reinforce students' sense of self in safe ways and also very creative ways. And then you provide an accountability overall so they know they're not just accountable to themselves or their peers, that you're actually watching and guiding and protecting them. Mm -hmm. So there's something I think that's very beautiful about that and very interesting. And it leads to my next question, which is about how you design for community. So when you look at the course that you're about to teach, what is it that you actually put in place, and you put in place nearly every time, that you know is there to create and sustain community for your students? Well,
2: I I put in place, you know, weekly discussions, I think that helps build the classroom community, get the students to know one another, interacting with one another, so that is the um Strategy that I do, and then for me to connect with my students, I give regular feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very big on having them hear from me often, (laughs) because I want to establish my presence. Mm -hmm. You know, they may not see me, you know, in a classroom in front of them, but they sure will hear from me. (laughs) Whether it's through Blackboard announcements, Mm -hmm. whether it's email reminders, or me sending out an individual email to Mm -hmm. them for whatever reason. I I try to keep that communication open between myself and the students with one another. Yeah, I just, I second that. I second all of that. Um,
1: It's, I think, because my experience has been... That very intense three-week session, you have to hit the ground running. So it's like, I think one way that I'm able to provide security for myself, honestly, but also for the <laughs> students is to have the, the clear expectation, like letting, doing those things, but telling them, here's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So that you know, and having that calendar, that schedule of, mm-hmm. um, yeah, say you had this for us too, and I was like, yes, great. I know exactly when things are due, at what time, on which days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like a like, of course you would do something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but it makes a difference. I've had I do little informal kind of assessment check ins with the mm-hmm. students about the class itself, um, and almost every single one of them has said that schedule that you gave us at the very beginning Mm -hmm. made a big difference because I'm busy, I'm working, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. our student body. I'm Mm -hmm. doing all these other hundred things. Mm -hmm. So knowing that and sticking to that Mm -hmm. helped me to know Mm -hmm. what I was responsible for too. Um, And then following up, like you said, with that really thorough feedback um, and that quick Mm -hmm. turnaround to their, to the grades, to all of Mm -hmm. like paying attention. So they know I'm paying attention
3: Mm -hmm. to yeah, signals them in that way, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think doing the same thing, actually, I yeah, think making sure that they're getting a lot of individual feedback, I think mm-hmm. that's so important for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, also, I also open the weekly folders like two weeks in advance because mm-hmm. I know there are some students, for, for, this is for a semester long, Okay. 15, because I know that some students have very complicated schedules and some students, I allow them to work ahead of time. Yeah. And there are always a few who like, mm-hmm. really appreciate that. The benefit of online classes, oh, yeah. right? the flexibility that, that right. they offer. Um, and um, I also ask students for feedback throughout the semester mm-hmm. and if something is not working they'll tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and I make adjustments. Right. So there was one semester where we started working with VoiceThread, it wasn't yet integrated into Blackboard, mm-hmm. it was giving us, you know, it was a major process. So like mm-hmm. we just spent so much time figuring out how to sign in. And I said, listen, I'm going to send out, send out like, an anonymous survey, you know, and tell me if it's worth, like, investing my yeah. time in it. And, like, 97% of students said, no, we don't want this. Yeah. And I said, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll mix it and we'll, we'll replace it with something else. And I don't remember what we replaced it with, but we found a way. Yeah. And and they, they felt relieved, and I felt relieved. So it was kind of like learning process um, for all of us. And the last thing I wanted to mention is that... Um, Sometimes students ask me for breaks or just like doing a, a, a um, semester-long courses mm-hmm. because they feel long, right? Mm-hmm. Online courses when they're 15 or 16 weeks old, they just feel long. Yeah. So um, I, if we don't have a spring break, I give them like a week off sometimes mm-hmm. in the middle of the semester when they're working on paper. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this week, just work on the paper. There's mm-hmm. nothing else to do. And students have attention, and so I really appreciate it, so. because yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's something we often take for granted yes. for our students. It's why part of the reason why I'm so grateful to have these chances with TLC to take a workshop like this, yes. to practice some things. Yeah. Um, but we assume that our students, because they have access to technology, that they know how to use the mm-hmm. learning and mm-hmm. teaching technology. Like, we, I don't know, we make an assumption that they're all... Mm-hmm up to speed on all of those kinds of things and they're like some of them are not like some of them is the very first time some of them don't know how to use blackboard
2: you know mm-hmm. a lot of them are learning are doing it for the first time right right, right and you know if you assume that mm-hmm. if they sign up for an online class they have taken or a couple mm-hmm. yeah. online classes that's not always the no. case no so, yeah mm-hmm. you, you always have to like start from you know Ground level. Yes. Yeah. So how do you look through Blackboard? How do you figure out where the assignments are? Yeah. I've had students, I've had a student once in a while, they'll say, Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to click on this folder to mm-hmm. see the content mm-hmm. inside. Yeah. Right? And you're assuming you know, I'm right. getting my course organized <laughs> right. in these right. folders. Right. And the whole time they didn't know that they're supposed to click on the folder right. to open it to see the content. So, um, yeah, these are important to remember yeah. they're all from different
3: yeah so one thing i've True. learned from like taking the various faculty seminars too is that it's so important to create like a, a create course tour at the beginning of the semester mm-hmm. where i go really over the base mm-hmm. like this is where the folder is it yeah. might be obvious to some students and they might skip mm-hmm. it but for some students i think it's helpful they mm-hmm. yeah i also had a student like midway to the semester so i've been just accessing the discussion board i didn't like there was a whole folder with like other yes. yes. things and i'm like, What's a core store? <laughs> right. yeah. But I think yeah, so yeah. you cannot take these things for granted. Right. But yeah. I think students appreciate it, right? Because we mm-hmm. don't make them feel dumb or stupid right. for not knowing right. these things, right?
0: right. For sure. Over
3: communicate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's yeah. over. It's yeah. extra. It's excess. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm hearing from you, and it's mm-hmm. it's worn out by so many other faculty who teach online and the students Mm -hmm. extra structure extra attention extra flexibility Mm -hmm. extra communication and extra checking of assumptions right? I mean we could come up with a checklist just out of this conversation because all of this holds true Mm -hmm. Right? these are great stories and I think really great tips because you're all very seasoned teachers and your creative thinkers, I'm going to ask you, what risks are you thinking about taking in the next year or two with your online teaching? And particularly, how are you thinking about those risks in terms of better community for your students? I
2: was thinking about this question on the way. (laughs) here.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well,
2: I mean, I, I think, you know, for
0: me, it's obvious
2: it's it's the group work. It's really just yeah. upping the group work, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, being a little bit hesitant to do group work remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the risk that I want to take is to leverage the technology that we have, the functionalities in Blackboard, particular mm-hmm. Collaborate. Um, that's something I'm mm-hmm. starting to learn and I want to incorporate my classes. Um, so that that's my the risk I want. Yeah. yeah. More group work, use, use more
1: technology. Right? Yeah. Um, I think, um, especially based off of, again, like, not to repeat myself, but this previous seminar that we just did, the, I learned so much about the video technology mm-hmm. that's available. Mm-hmm. I hesitate. I really hesitate mm-hmm. to, like, I don't like putting videos of myself on a, like on blackboard I don't you know what I mean like I just I'm like let me just use this for exactly what it is which is like a non-embodied experience (laughs) you know as a performer let me just how does the course perform without me pushing it or explaining it in person and I think that after the tutorials um so each of the groups in our seminar had to do a tutorial about a particular type of technological tool and some of the folks that were in there are like experienced I mean they're they're good at this stuff they're like masters of the craft and so I learned a lot about the possibilities with video and really the step by step how to screenshot your computer screen and just let that be your video and you know just some of the different ways that maybe I can incorporate a little bit more of that for some of the more uh, expository discussion about topics in the Classes. And so I'm, I'm hoping to do that as a way to participate more in the community of the, with the students there in a different way besides just the written or like the, you know, like the chat as the message type, you know, community um, that I think I feel more comfortable with when it comes to the
3: virtual classes. Um, so that's something I'm thinking about. Yeah. Thank you. So one thing I learned from that seminar as well is um, great examples of assignments of student-produced work, like video work. So one of the um, professors, um, I can give a shout out to Andy Majeski who mm-hmm. makes the students do like video presentations. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were fantastic, they were so good, they were fantastic. Yeah. So, this is one. So, I do a lot of screencasting already, mm-hmm. practice screencasting already for my students, mm-hmm. but so this is a challenge I want to I want to challenge myself to um, kind of think about assignments, what are individual groups mm-hmm. where they can create a product like that, mm-hmm. or, um, like perhaps an introductory. Or um, summative, yeah. um, right, for being for, for, you know, able to speak, or I you know, um, haven't thought of specifically about yeah. it, but um, I would like to incorporate that. And another thing um, is kind of toying with the idea of bringing in more synch- some aspect of synchronous communication, mm-hmm. whether on the, for students. So I know yeah. most of us, when we teach online, we do asynchronous activities. Yeah.
0: been talking a lot about community. We've brought in many processes, and I wonder, connecting the two, what you think those are really doing for students. How does that help our students become more themselves, get to where they need to be? What is it about this that's bigger than the class? I
1: think in a really practical way, they'll use they'll use what they learn or what they practice, I think, in class in life. Hopefully, right like mm-hmm. in a job or in a job search or in a job mm-hmm. interview or in their other college classes if they're at the beginning of their career there's something really interesting about having most of your communication be written mm-hmm. and not picking up any of the other cues from folks um mm-hmm. when you're in person that you're able to kind of feed off of mm-hmm. or feed into mm-hmm. um and I think that type of only written communication or or mostly written communication can sharpen the other senses mm-hmm. or senses of communication. And so I think that in, in maybe in, in a, a practical way, hopefully it will transfer translate to those other areas of their lives. Maybe in their maybe in their workplace or mm-hmm. in their social media mm-hmm. curation of okay. who they are, <laughs> All right. um, or even just as as students. Mm-hmm. Um, Having having that that kind of, how do you write a written reply to someone in, like, a 48-hour turnaround time that's thoughtful and that meets these Mm -hmm. three points on my rubric, you know? Um, And then maybe they'll keep that habit moving forward.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a a good point. And and, it got me thinking about, you know, in order for a community to function, everyone has to agree on Rules, but, Ooh, you know, kind of like what are mm-hmm. the expectations mm-hmm. and abide by it in order for the community to one sustain itself and, and mm-hmm. kind of grow over time. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, sticking, understanding what the syllabus, you know, what yeah. are the expectations? Mm-hmm. What are your expectations weekly? What's your expectation for you know projects and assignments? So there it needs there needs to be an agreement and understanding um, of the. The
3: assumptions and rules for a community to function. Mm, yeah. and also for our students, it's to go back to the mm-hmm. comment about I think being written and mm-hmm. the switching of registers mm-hmm. and like how to and how to reach out. Yeah. I think that's so important. Um, and I think you know I think perhaps online encourages some students right to reach out more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they the group is not working very well. Right, yeah. they will reach out or when they're. Um, you know, they can't submit a paper on time yeah. to reach out. And so I think encouraging that mm-hmm. um, in an online community, I think that's what it's also kind of another aspect that yeah. like, they can take out, right? Because you can tell them, oh, you have these great resources, right? Go to the writing center. But right, how do you encourage them to actually take advantage right? yeah. of and, and know when to take advantage of these, all these things? Yeah. Resiliency, <laughs> right, yeah. and,
2: and, and to be your own advocate, sure, exactly. I mean, I right, you have to, to really manage your own self, mm-hmm. yeah. self regulate, um, figure out what you need, figure out what's not working for you, communicate that
3: with your peers, your, your professor, mm-hmm. um, because students who do. You- Doing really well in online classes are more mature, right? right. And that's kind of more how disciplined, inco- more, disciplined, yeah. more, yeah. more yeah. self-regulated. Very initiative. They take the initiative exactly. And yeah. I think for some students, this to like an online experience can encourage them, yes. right, to, yeah. to kind of reach to go there, True. right, yeah. to that level of maturity
0: and yeah. self-regulation. Mm-hmm. I'm learning so much sitting here listening to you, and I have the pleasure of watching you. (laughs) You've all shared a variety of tips and strategies for effective online teaching. However, in the spirit of our TLC podcast for our distinguished teachers, as well as our Spotlight podcast, I'm going to ask you to share one more. Can you think of one small teaching small strategy that you would recommend for your listeners who teach online, something they could do immediately with very little preparation. In this kind of spirit of personalizing and making personalizing the experience of mm-hmm.
3: online learning, um, I, in addition to giving, sending, sending personalized email or feedback, turn around mm-hmm. and very specific feedback, um, sometimes what I also do is kind of provide end-of-the-week end summary of the discussion mm-hmm. and give shout-outs to specific oh. students or groups, oh. and I think students love that yeah. <laughs> because it's kind of, especially from group work, when that group does an amazing job and, it's, let's say, the group work is not shared with other mm-hmm. students when they do something, um, and, you know, I can, say, give a brief, you know, um, overview of what the group did and why it was so great, or, if, you know, the students are working in in VoiceThread and my students like says, I'm really shy, but this week I decided to do a video, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. post instead of a written mm-hmm. post. I'll give a shout out to that student. And I think um, some students really feel appreciated and recognized. Mm-hmm. So it's like one thing to mm-hmm. you... thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, um,
2: a tip would be to keep your course design um Very consistent. Mm -hmm. Like on Monday, they know an announcement comes out. You know, Mm -hmm. assignments are due on you know end of the end of the day on Sundays. Um, Projects are due on you know Fridays. I mean, I try to keep things very consistent, Mm -hmm. and every week looks pretty much the same. So they know what to expect, Mm -hmm. Um, and I find that helpful for the the typical online student Mm -hmm. who's also taking many a full load has a job and has a family
0: mm-hmm. thank you
1: i'm taking notes on what y'all are saying also mm-hmm. here i think that i'm also having a time during each week sometimes multiple times you know like a couple of days during each week um that the course is in session that i have office hours which even if they even if they're not doing anything fancy if they're just sending an email um, they know I am online. I will mm-hmm. respond immediately to any message sent to me, like between these three hours on these three days. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm right there. This is what I'm doing. I'm available to you, even if you're like, we're not on the phone. We're not, do, you know, we're not Skyping or doing whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But if you have a question, if there's something coming up, I will be on my email. Because a lot of times, too, I think that goes back to the earlier point about like students. Not necessarily being, like, I'm not going to FaceTime with you, right? But we can you know, like, I will reply to your email message. Um, Because that's something they are comfortable with or they are familiar with. So even if they won't reach out to me in a private discussion board or questions from the class discussion board, if they just send an email, they'll know. Or if they have to send one at, like, 3 in the morning, um, they know, well, I know from 9 to 12 in the morning she's on her email, so she'll see this at that time and then reply, um, I find that just kind of that stability or a little grounding moment mm-hmm. is, is helpful. And it's helpful for me too because then I notice that over the semester they tend to communicate with me during those times. Um, and so it's not like I open my inbox and there's 800 emails on, you know, from a day that I wasn't in office hours, but I'm I able to usually answer. Um, or if I'm getting consistent types of questions about an assignment or a reading, Um, then I can send an all-class email and say, I've noticed some folks (laughs) are having this issue, like, here's what we'll do.
0: We've been spending a fair bit of time talking about individual experiences of teaching online. And I'm starting to see you form your own community interacting amongst each other as a faculty network. Mm -hmm. What have you learned from this conversation or what's sticking in your mind just now after about 45 minutes of discussion?
1: Well, of course, hearing Lisa's experience, of course, um, Bieta, because of your experience. um, I think what what never ceases to amaze me is the expertise and, like, generosity of my colleagues <laughs> like here even just hearing because you've, you've taught different types of online classes and with all of this experience and you, you teach almost exclusively online um like, oh she's got like she, she let me sit at her feet and learn you know <laughs> learn your ways and then the different strategies and tactics that you shared with us in the seminar and even some of my other colleagues there their generosity with if I had a question or um, like the ideas about assignments or how to how to structure what what to do just their their willingness to say oh here's what I tried oh try this mm-hmm. or here's here's an idea or this worked for me that I think overall like talk about it like a bigger community, like my community outside of a class. It's it's inspiring and it's also a a sort of gentle reminder that we can be like that too. We can be what
2: we're encouraging from our students too. I think for me hearing that, you know, it's okay to make adjustments during Mm -hmm. the semester when you get the Mm -hmm. feedback from your student or you you pick up from your student that something's not working. Mm -hmm. Let's say a piece of technology that you're trying to use and it's just too difficult mm-hmm. to get started and get everybody on board. Mm-hmm. I do this every semester. I tweak my class my online classes mm-hmm. every semester and um, and I think not to just put that sort of restriction where I do it once a semester mm-hmm. I should do it, I could do it throughout during the semester too. Mm-hmm. Make small tweaks not huge tweaks, mm-hmm. but if something's not mm-hmm. working for my students then it's okay to kind of step, take a step back mm-hmm. and maybe re-
3: rethink that particular
2: Strategy, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: like yeah, the best sharing best practices. I think is this is how we grow. Like for me, how we grow as teachers and human beings. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, just hearing about the bio poem, I love it. I'm gonna steal that yes, idea. Yeah, you don't mind, and, have then, and yeah. um, so the idea of having the designated like, office hours almost mm-hmm. is such a brilliant small thing mm-hmm. that I think can make a huge difference, mm-hmm. right, for students. Mm-hmm. just you just knowing that you're there right but right, if right. they don't write anything through the whole right. semester but they feel like oh I have the option right yeah. so yeah I think and that's what I also I was amazed when I um when I led the, the faculty seminar I was like blown away yeah. by the, the work that you know that I saw so it just uh, for me as well because teaching online can be
0: very isolating mm-hmm. crystal Lisa bytha thank you this was a pleasure <laughs> was a joy and such an honor. I can't wait to hear more from you, and I'm sure our listeners will be looking forward to the next episode.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.